Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. Now, a Limerick woman is calling for the age for cervical cancer screening to be lowered. 23-year-old Alana has been experiencing severe pelvic pain for a number of years now. And when she asked if she could be tested for cervical cancer, she was told that because she wasn't 25, she wouldn't be able to get the test unless she paid for it privately. Alana has started a petition to raise awareness of this and she's on the line right now. Good morning to you. Good morning, how are you? I'm not too bad. So you have been experiencing pretty severe pelvic pain, as I mentioned. How long has it been going on for? Look, I just think it's, it's something that's probably been part of my life for a while. I, I think a lot of women, um, you know, as, as part of our lives, we, we go through different things. And as you get older, you have to gauge what's normal for your body and what isn't. And I think eventually the point comes where you just say, OK, no, this, this isn't quite normal and, and I need to do something about it. Um that's kind of my background with this. But as you mentioned... Um, well, just talk to I, me about the impact that it's had, Alan, on your day-to-day life. Yeah, I suppose, you know, it's something I, I became aware of probably when I was about 19. Is, is probably when I was I was most aware of it. Um, I saw a specialist at that time. And, and since then, I've really just tried to manage it with uh, like diet and exercise. But um, and How I, effective it, has that been? Um, I mean, in a way, there's kind of an attitude that this sort of these sort of symptoms are something that women are expected to manage that it's part of our lives that it's part of our um, health and, and you know you sort of feel somewhat uncomfortable raising issues around it at times but um, yeah I suppose in the last couple of weeks or months I, I've had very severe pain and it's kind of just been localised to one side and um, I found myself uh, being hospitalised about two weeks ago with it um, so that was really where this started and, and how I became aware of the issues around yeah. cervical screening. When did you first ask then for this test? Well, I had actually assumed that I'd been tested already. Um, I assumed that as part of any sexual health screening or women's health screening that this would be done. Um, it was only when I rang the hospital that I'd been at uh, to get my results of tests that had been done while I was in there. And I asked if they could rule out cervical cancer that I found out they'd never actually tested for it. Did you chat to your GP? Um, I did. Yeah, I did. Um, I'm quite lucky. I've recently moved area. The GP that I've been in touch with is absolutely fantastic. She used to work in maternity care herself and she's been really diligent through this whole process. And the GP I was with before that was also a woman as well. So I think that's been definitely a factor. I was in touch with both practices, uh, just getting advice as to how I could have access to screening um, after this had happened. And they were both very supportive. Alana, did you get the HPV vaccine? I did. But that doesn't mean that you can't ever get cervical cancer and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't get screening. Um, I was fortunate enough to get that and, and I'm really grateful that I got it, but it doesn't eliminate the risk and it, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't still be getting screened. Okay, so regardless of whether people have had the HPV, they should be getting screened. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the arguments that, and so through this process, I recently spoke to Cervical Cancer Awareness Ireland, um, trying to get their support for what I was doing. And um, one of the representatives raised the issue that in the past, it's been said that overtreatment is the main reason as to why women under 25 haven't been screened. Um, But there's actually been a change in the type of test and how it's done since uh, 2018 with the cervical cancer screening scandal in Ireland. Um, So it's now moved to like a HPV uh, screening 
process. So a swab is taken and what they're looking for is abnormalities in cells that can eventually lead to cervical cancer. So you're catching it early and it reduces the risk of overtreatment in young women because um, young women, their bodies have a mechanism that allows them to correct those abnormalities earlier that those cells might not necessarily always lead to cervical cancer. But knowing and having access to screening is vital to be able to manage your symptoms and your outcome. Did you come up against a brick wall then when it came to getting the free state screening? Oh, absolutely. That was just quite simply not a service that was available to me. And that was why they weren't able to test at any other point. Um, But what I think was interesting about that, when you talk about a brick wall, the people that you talk to, the everyday people that are working within either a GP's office, whether you're talking to a GP or a nurse or a a nurse within the um, maternity where I was, they're all saying, look, this is how you can get around it. This is how you can do it. Um, So they're people that care about the welfare of all women, especially women under 25. They're aware that the system is flawed. And they're able to make recommendations as to how you can still avail of the service, even though the state is letting us down. Right. And Alana, what about the debate that happened across the whole cervical check controversy? That uh, screening is not diagnosis, that it it, uh, fulfills a different public health function. And as a consequence of that, they set age limits. Right. Well, I think, you know, it's not diagnosis, but screening is early awareness. And I think, you know, every woman has the right to be aware of what's going on with her body, especially if she's having symptoms or she has concerns. It doesn't doesn't mean that it has to lead to a diagnosis. In my case, it's unlikely that it will. I'm waiting for results and I'm hoping that it won't. But it doesn't make me any less passionate about this issue because there are women in their early 20s who do have cervical cancer. It's being dismissed and people are under the impression that it's not something that could affect them in their 20s. Um, when quite frankly it is and unless we have access to screening that's not something that we're going to be able to be aware of or take action on Um, and and I think just to bring it back to you know what you do when you're no longer within the cervical check program which is our national screening program it means that you have to go to a private company a private laboratory you have to have a GP who's willing to perform a swab for you it's then sent to private laboratory, you pay the cost, which in my case is €160, and I was quoted between 100 and 180 for a test. And at that point, you're no longer operating within the HSE, you're no longer operating within anything that's regulated by the Department of Health. You are outside the public healthcare system. So it means that our government and the Department of Health aren't taking responsibility for quality assurance of these checks. And that's something that I find deeply concerning. And then you have private companies that are profiting at the expense of women under 25 and the negligence of the government. And Alana, when you said there was a workaround, that was the only workaround for you to go privately? Yeah, there is no options within the public system. And when you were talking to the specialists, for example, you know, have they been able to define why you are getting this particular pelvic pain? No, um, I think, you know, in women's health, it can be difficult. There's a lot of options and quite often it's a diagnosis of exclusion. Um, it means trying to treat it as certain, uh, you know, ailments and, and then trying to see the outcome. And that's kind of something that I'm going through at the moment. But obviously, the thing that I wanted to rule out first is cancer. That's not something that you want to leave untreated 
And I will say that there is a stigma around women's health. Um, quite often it's uncomfortable talking about these things. Um, you know, just going back to when I was seeing that specialist at 19, I was quite distressed, pretty upset about the whole thing. It's very hard to give somebody you don't know access to your body. And that stress shouldn't be augmented by not being able to avail of services that are, you know, covered by public health that you feel that you should be cared for. You shouldn't feel that your personal health is something that you have to fight for. And are you hopeful that you won't have to live with this pain? Of course I am. Of course I am. I would I would hope that, first of all, it's taken seriously because I think something that a lot of women have difficulty with is when you go and you present with this type of pain, you know, some people have the tendency to just say, look, this is part of it all. It's, it's part of life for women. And that's not necessarily true. Like abnormal pain, severe pain, abnormal bleeding, none of that is normal. And it's not something that we should have to live with. And you want the holistic approach that you're talking about. So um, screening from the age of 18? Look, I think the first step is that that's, this isn't my area. This isn't something that I'm an expert in by any means. But we do have a national advisory screening committee that was established after the 2018 scandal. And the reason that that was established is so that they could advise um, the relevant government departments as to screening procedures and policies. I think the first thing that needs to happen is for that committee to get together to discuss the issue and to look at the issues that have been raised, you know, around national dialogue of this issue and then to look at how they can implement change. And these are the people who can assess what age is best, what they need to consider within that. um, And and, I mean, but is it your view that they haven't done that so far? It's not my view. It's a fact that they haven't done that so far. Um, I've been in touch with Deputy Holly Cairns' office since this um, has, has kind of come to my attention and um, they replied showing that Holly Cairns had questioned Stephen Donnelly in the Doyle on the matter and he referred her to uh, a statement that he issued about the National Advisory Screening Committee and he, he um, referred to their meetings. I followed that up and I checked. Their last meeting was on the 17th of July 2020 and having read in their meetings from their, from their um, last convening, there was no discussion or mention of the age being lowered and I think what Holly Cairns had called for was to the age of 20 that it should be reduced to the age of 20. So this is the basis of your petition? The basis of my petition absolutely is to draw attention to this issue to the relevant government body so in this case it's going to be the National Advisory Screening Committee it's going to be Stephen Donnelly in the Department of Health and if you have a look at the petition online it's on change.org and you'll see there's there's um, an explanation of, of the issue, what happens when you try to get cervical screening and you're outside of that age demographic. And from there, you're able to sign your name and also leave a comment if it's something that you've experienced yourself. Do, do you know what international best practice is on cervical screening and the ages? I, my background is in science and the first thing that I did, and I suppose for me, doing any of this is just feeling like you're able to do something at all. But I think the first thing I did was looking at some literature on it and there are policies around international best practices. Um, but there's also literature that, that state that under 25, they're an at-risk population. Um, and that was a study that was, you know, published by a research team from University Hospital London. And just this week, I was speaking to um, a journalist from the Sunday World. She's Scottish. And she was saying that, that in Scotland, it's, it's available to, I think, under 20. 
um, yeah. is when they start screening. So, um, you know, there are other countries who are doing this uh, better. And you said you um, took up the HPV vaccine yourself. You, you would encourage women to do that? Yeah, absolutely. I think anything that reduces the risk of, you know, diseases that, you know, women have a higher likelihood of getting or, or women specific, you know, I, I think that's something that I would always do. But that's my feeling on, on vaccinations at large as well. I think, you know, we kind of have a responsibility to ourselves and other members of the population to be as responsible as possible. Okay. Well, Alana, thank you very much for talking to us about this. Uh, the best of luck to you, um, and obviously in terms of your own personal health, but also the issue that you brought to our attention this morning. We appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more.